Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Today we have Blaine Hunter. He is the owner and pitmaster at Porky Butts Barbecue, a fairly new barbecue restaurant here in Omaha, but he is well, well versed in barbecue. This is not his first rodeo by any stretch. Blaine, welcome to the show. Well, good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, okay, so just to give people a little a little understanding of the background here, you opened Porky Butts this summer, a uh, new barbecue restaurant just off uh, north of 156 in Maple. But you've been competing in barbecue competitions for seven years now. Since 2013, you've competed in over 130 competitions, finishing in the top 10% in about 70% of those. So you know what you're doing a little bit. I guess before we... Before we really dive too deep in, if, if somebody were to just listen to the first two episodes of this, give me the elevator pitch for Porky Butts and what makes it different and why people need to get down there. Well, Porky Butts, is, uh, it's been a passion of mine for many, many years. I started barbecuing when I was a kid. Uh, my dad uh, traveled around, did some barbecuing, so it kind of got me hooked. And I've uh, been addicted to it. And uh, I just noticed that you know there was a demand for barbecue in West Omaha, and I, I wanted to open something that was... Um, fun, but uh, you get good quality barbecue and a family-friendly atmosphere. And that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what we've been shooting for, and we're trying to get food to people quick that's high quality. Yeah, I think you do a great job. Uh, when you say you're addicted to barbecue, where did that addiction come from? It all started, I mean, like I said, when I was um, I was probably four years old, my dad started building uh, pits in the backyard. Um, he built uh, stainless steel, 1,000-gallon offset pits, um, started doing... Uh, competitions a few in texas and then he also did a uh, a bunch of like charity like baseball organizations did cook-offs for him mm-hmm. took thousands of pounds of brisket served it for free just just because of his passion and just sitting overnight fueling fires i mean that just kind of created the bug and then he started doing chili competitions and i just went to every single event and we served brisket and chili and it just it just stuck with me and then i started working the restaurant business and here i am so it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Gotcha. So, okay, before we even even get too much into it, I got to ask about the name <laughs> because it is it's kind of a funny name. I mean, obviously when you think about it at a barbecue restaurant it makes a lot of sense, but how do you settle on the name Porky Butts? Well, it's a it's a long funny story, but um the short um explanation is uh, I had a good friend Rod who actually got me into competition barbecue, knew I barbecued, had the pits um, he started Porky Butts, and in uh, 2012, he just started hitting me up saying, hey, you got to come cook with me. you got to come cook, cook with me. You're serious. You love cooking. Um, he liked drinking. He liked partying. He liked yeah. the competition, <laughs> but he wasn't so much about the cooking. He wanted to do well. So he, 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 for over a year, just kept asking me, asking me. And finally, one day, I just said, let's do it. And I said, let's, we got to come up with a name. He goes, I already have Porky Butts. Let's stick with it. Um, we competed eight times that year, and uh, I took over the cooking side of it. He took over the the leadership and the party inside, and uh, it was a good fit. And, uh, and for a year, um, we ran as Porky Butts, you know, him and I, and then, then 14 and 15, I said, I want to take it serious, start my own team. And he said, you can have Porky Butts, just you wow. can never kick me off. And I always get to drink with you anytime I want. And so to this day, <laughs> Rod has his own team, and he comes and drinks with me, and he's a good dude, and I'm thankful for him getting me involved in barbecue. Yeah, it's kind of offer you can't turn down. So – for people who are not familiar with the barbecue circuit, can you kind of pull back the curtain on that and just explain what that lifestyle is like, what it's like cooking at one of those competitions? Yeah, I mean, it's just a giant parking lot party. It's a mm. good time, and it's like a reunion every weekend. Um, KCBS is the sanctioning body that I've cooked under for 
the last seven years. And um, basically what they do is they, uh, they, they sanction the contest. They, they uh, set it up. We're turning in chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket every contest. Um, we arrive on a Friday morning typically. Um, it's, they do meat inspections, and we kind of go through all that, and then they go through the rules. Then Friday night's the big party. Everyone has a good time. And then Saturday we start getting serious and turn in and start at 12, 12.30, and one thirty, um, And then awards on Saturday night. But it's a just a, it's more or less just a it's a gathering of guys that you know that enjoy barbecue and enjoy friendship, and we all just have fun. We harass each other, and then we go to awards, and somebody wins, and we we congratulate them. Then we talk behind their back, and we go do it all <laughs> over the next weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and so going into a competition, you decide. I guess you can kind of walk me through this. Tell me if I'm understanding it wrong, but you kind of decide what meats you're going to compete in that weekend, and then. How many how many judges are you cooking for? Like, if you say, okay, we're gonna do we're gonna compete in brisket this weekend. Are you making five plates of brisket? Are you making twenty? Like, what does that look like? So, so in competition barbecue in KCBS specifically, you uh, you have to compete in all four categories to be the okay. overall grand champion. You can go and just compete in chicken or just in brisket, but if you want to be the overall champion, you have to compete in all four, and that's your cumulative score of all four. So what they do is they have, it's a blind judging. So basically you turn in a blind box that has a number on it. And then mm-hmm. the KCBS rep that's on site will actually uh, change that number. And then they, they go and hand your box with five other boxes to six judges at a table. Okay. So you have to turn in six samples at a minimum, or you can turn as much as you can get in that box legally. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's pretty fair. I mean, they get to know, I mean... At the end of the day, there's 50 teams, and there's 10 of them that are pretty serious, and they know that the 10 that are pretty serious because the other guys are just kind of still drunk from the night before. <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, but, I mean, there's one judge for every team, so to answer your question, it's uh, based on how many teams are there. Okay, okay, that makes a lot more sense. So you start doing that. Like, at what point did you start to think, you know, I, I have a lot of fun doing this. I'm very good at this. Obviously, I'm having success. What would this look like in a restaurant? Yes, yeah, so, so I I went to culinary school. Uh-huh. Um, out of right out of culinary school, my whole goal in life was to open a restaurant. I want a restaurant. I want a restaurant. I gotta be. I gotta. I gotta my own my own business. And then I found corporate world. Started working in hospitality in the corporate side, and uh-huh. realized nights and weekends and holidays are really nice. And um, and so I, I just kind of pushed the whole restaurant aside. Um, but it it was about three years ago. Um, I had two partners, which uh, one of them is my brother and the other one's a sponsor. And they, they, they're kind of the ones that push me towards uh, when we started doing really well in barbecue and starting to get some notoriety nationwide to push us into the restaurant business because they wanted me to share my food with people. And then as you start sharing it with people, they realize you realize that, you know, other people need to try it too because it, it really is pretty good. And West Omaha didn't really have a great barbecue no. restaurant. And we, we really saw the demand and you want to start sharing with people, and that. So my brother was probably, and my wife were probably the two biggest, saying, "Hey, we got to get it out there." And here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you mentioned earlier you grew up in Texas, and that is obviously like one of the barbecue capitals, not only of America, but I would say of the world. And I know that you've you've been in Omaha for some time now, but why did you decide on Omaha? And was there any pull to go back to Texas and say, "Hey, if I'm going to do barbecue, I'm going to do it." you know, where it's king. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so, you know, I grew up in Texas. My roots are in Texas, but I've, I've fallen in love with Nebraska. And, and, and everyone says, you know, Texas is the king and Kansas is the king and North Carolina is the king. And uh-huh. 
I truly think that we're going to start a revolution here with all the great barbecue restaurants. And, and I've always said that I'm going to put Nebraska on the map. We went one world championship. We won national championship. No one's ever done it in Nebraska. And uh, now we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to grow Nebraska barbecue to the point that we're going to get mentioned with Texas and Kansas and North Carolina and some of the, the greats, Alabama. That's awesome. I absolutely, as someone who loves barbecue, that's something that I love to hear. And you actually, you hit on something that I wanted to bring up later, but we're here. So let's bring it up right now. Is I think even in the past just three or four years, Nebraska and specifically Omaha's barbecue scene has grown so much. I mean, you saw Tired Texan come in. I think they've done some great things. You saw uh, Wayne Dingus and, and Smoke and Barrel move from the truck to a brick and mortar. He's doing great stuff. And then Porky Butts comes in. What is in, and maybe there's not like some overarching theme, maybe just a bunch of places are starting restaurants, but do you see any like connecting theme behind kind of this expanding Omaha barbecue scene? I think it's just America just embracing barbecue more. I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's, it's not, it's everyone's primal. Let's start a fire. Let's cook some meat and let's have some fun and enjoy it. But uh, I mean, smoking in general nationwide is just really taken off. Uh-huh. I mean, it's the most natural. I mean, you have meat, you have salt, pepper, and fire, and, and there's not much else there. It's not a bunch of additives, not a bunch of, you know, and, and it helps, too, having the keto diets and the, the gluten-free people out there. They're all gravitating towards uh, barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great, like you said, smoking Barrel and Tired Texan. We've had we got some great barbecue here in town, and I think we all need to work together and keep growing it. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely taking off, and it's um, it's been fantastic to see. Um I guess what I wanted to move into next, you know, we kind of talked about what barbecue looks like on the competition circuit. You know, you're, you know, you said you, you get to spend pretty, pretty much all day working on, you know, just this, this one box that you're handing to these six judges. That is very different than how a restaurant operates. You're not making one box. You're making potentially hundreds of boxes a day. You're having to mass produce something that takes a lot of time and care can you describe maybe the challenges of honing that new process? Yeah, it's a big challenge. I mean, the the main th- the biggest challenge is like you said, you know, I'm producing one bite for one person so I can put as much flavor. I mean, I'm injecting, seasoning and finishing. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing so much of that one piece that uh that it it, it it's easy to make it great. But uh what's hard is like this week I mean, just to give you an example, we cooked uh, over 540 racks of ribs this week. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that every single one of those bones tasted the same, and they all went out moist was, uh, you know, it's a challenge. I mean, you're going to have some, I mean, not every pig's the same, not every cow's the same. Exactly. So you're going to have some different cuts of meat. You're going to have some issues. You're going to have, you know, some holding times. You're trying to keep stuff, you know, for an extra hour, trying to get it to that, you know, last person that's coming in that night. So there's challenges in serving barbecue, definitely. Uh, we're just trying to overcome those challenges, and being a new restaurateur, it's a <laughs> it's a lot of new challenges. Yeah. So we're tackling them one by one, and I, I feel we're getting better, and uh, we got a lot of growing to do, but we'll figure it out. How tough is it as a pitmaster, especially someone who you know has spent so many years honing your processes, to be able to trust other people to do those same things? Because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming you're not doing every rack of ribs you're not you know uh smoking every brisket you're not seasoning every pork butt like you have to trust other people to do that too is that difficult it's very difficult and i i have a and the guys at the restaurant would uh, tell you i'm kind of a i don't know what i can say here but (laughs) not a nice person sometimes because i'm kind of a control freak when it comes to the meat coming out of the kitchen um i i i 
I hold it. I, I try to hold everything to the highest standard possible. Uh-huh. Sometimes finding people to do the same is not the easiest. Um, I have been for the last month doing all the meat. Oh, myself. really? Yeah, I'm in there at three o'clock every morning and <laughs> till eight o'clock at night, and it's it's uh, it's wearing on me. But uh, I, I've had two two guys in that I've trained, and uh, we got close to the finishing line, and it just didn't work out at the end. And uh, I'm looking for someone now, and I really, I mean, I I really want to teach someone, you know, everything I do and everything. Cause I don't, I don't do times. I don't know do temperatures. It's all touch feel and oh, smell really? and taste. So it's a, it's hard for me to relay that, that to someone new that's not in the business because yeah. they all want to say how long, what temperature and every single piece of meat reacts differently to the heat, to the seasoning. And it, it just, it's something you got to teach over time. And I had, and for me to do it, I'm not the most graceful person teaching. So I got to get better at that. And I got to get someone in there that I can teach and become our Pitmaster Porky Butts. That is so fascinating because I've even I've talked to other pitmasters and stuff that you know obviously like you said every piece of meat you know you don't just say okay we're cooking it at two twenty five for thirteen hours that's it you check it continually but most will kind of say okay here's a here's our temperature here's our time that we shoot for but you're going totally off of feel and off of look right yeah I mean I, I, mean, I do all my adjustments off of color. And then I do everything all finishing off a of feel. And it's uh, it's just something that we've acquired over the last 10 years of, like, truly barbecuing a lot. Because, um, I, you know, I tried temperatures, and temperatures work differently with every brand of meat. Every, mm-hmm. It's just it, – and it's hard to tell people, teach people that, you know, it, it truly is a feel game. And you want to touch it. You want to stab it. You want to put your fingers on it because it doesn't matter what the temperature is. Not every single pork butt's going to come off exactly yeah. 195. It, it, it might be 205. It might be 185. It all depends on, you know, starting time, what temperature it was, what the humidity was in the pit, how long it cooked at what temperature. It makes a big difference. And people like, I think people love uniformity. They love rules. But think about, I mean, every pig is not the same size. Yeah, didn't eat e- the same thing. Every cow does not have the same percent body fat. Like, they are all unique. And if you treat them all the exact same way, you're going to get an inconsistent product. Yeah, I mean, look at us. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Just look at humans. We would we would all cook differently, too, I'm exactly. sure. Um, complete honesty time here. So I heard, I've been like... Before, like three or four months before Porky Butts opened, I had people starting to hit me up on Twitter, starting to hit me up on Facebook that were, even in person, that were like, Dan, you love barbecue. There's a guy doing competition barbecue. you got to check this out. Like, he's opening a restaurant. This is going to be fantastic. I was so excited. I went on the third day you guys opened. Yeah. It was uneven, I would say. And so I... I wanted to like write a review on everything. I was like, no, that's not fair. They just opened. They're still getting their feet under them and everything. I went back about a month later, much improved. Really, really good. I was very happy. I went back this past week and got some uh, some burn ends and brisket, and it was one of the best barbecue meals I've had, like probably ever. So I think that there's just something to be said about allowing a restaurant to really get its feet under it and get its processes down. Can you kind of pitch people on the idea of not, even if you have a subpar experience one time with the new restaurant, just having some grace and saying, look, you know, this is hard. It takes time. Yeah. And, and, and not necessarily a new restaurant. I think all restaurants. Oh yeah. I mean, you could be a seasoned restaurant for 20 years and everyone has a bad day. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not, and like you said, consistency is the most important thing. And, uh, and and at the beginning, we had some struggles, and we really, really had some struggles. 
And being the first restaurant, I'm sure it, that was part of it. And me being so arrogant, that was part of it too. Uh, but uh, we, we, we're starting to hone it in. And, and, and we still, I mean, every day well, there, there's issues. And I'm always on my guys. And I watch them like a hawk on Friday and Saturday nights, just watching every meal that goes out. I mean, down to, I want four pickles in the top left corner of that tray. And if yeah. it's not there, I, I, I lose it. But um, and, 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 and people just got to understand that sometimes, I mean, people have bad days and, and mm-hmm. people are off and, they sometimes they want speed because they're you know someone's hounding on them that the plates aren't going out fast enough and they they skimp a little bit and 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 to understand and and, and the one thing that bothers me with the social media and everything in the world is that there's there I'm gonna send something out and there's something to go out every day that that is not up to my standards that I wish I would have and mm-hmm. I would personally not like it or you wouldn't like it I, I I hope more people would voice their opinion personally to me and come to me and pull me out and say hey this is this is what was wrong instead of getting on social media. And just immediately blasting a you know a company that may have had a bad day or had an issue. If they would do more of that talking, I can fix it. I can understand what was wrong. Or maybe if I had a batch of meat that didn't cook properly or I didn't finish it properly, we can go and adjust it and take it off the line so someone else doesn't get that same experience. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that I you know social media is great and everything for pushing your restaurant, but it also can kill you too. The same oh aspect. yeah. I mean, I'm sure if every you know. Every article that I submitted got pushed out on social media. I'd have some real embarrassments <laughs> out there too, and and I have. They're not all great, but but I love that you guys a that you're willing to admit when you make a mistake and then correct it. But I think just like I said over these past couple months, it's it's improved just like exponentially. I mean, just the the bell curve is or uh, the bar graph, whatever I'm trying to say. The line is shooting up and to the right, and it's awesome to see. And at the top of that line is you guys' burn ends. Yeah. We have to talk about the burn ends because these are some of the best cuts of meat I think I've ever had. They are enormous. They're like just so tender. I mean, it's so cliche to say like melt in your mouth, you know, tender and everything. But these are pretty darn close. Just can you tell me, like I know that you guys' smoking process we've already talked about is not the same every time. But how do you make these little heavenly cubes? So we're starting with good quality meat, um, you know, with a high fat content, which helps. Yep. Um, it never hurts. That's yeah, flavor. That's flavor, man. Um, so I'm very flavorful. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so we start with uh, burn ends. We're trimming. We don't do much trim to them. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going crazy. I'm doing salt, pepper, garlic, and onion. Love it. And so it's very basic. I'm cooking it on, uh, I use uh, oak. So we're using white oak. And we go overnight with them, and uh, we get we, we try to build a nice bark on them overnight, and then we uh, crank up the temperature and finish them off. There's nothing uh, too crazy, and then we're hitting them with some sauce right before they go out. Um, I think the key is just rendering that fat properly. I mean, that's the way you get them that pillowy, soft, um, flavorful bite. They are delicious. Yeah, and then we're selling. It's uh, we can't keep up with demand on them. It's been crazy. The burn ins are flying off the shelf. I love to see that. Not that you guys are having to work so hard, but yeah. that people are starting to recognize and they're getting out and trying these. And if you haven't tried them, you can get out and make a, make Blaine even busier. Yeah, yeah. The burn-in sandwich is the way to go. I, we don't sell a lot of them. We sell a lot of just burn-ins. Mm-hmm. But I every now and then I'll grab a burn-in sandwich and it's it's their, their money. There you go. So kind of going into that, about and correct me if I'm wrong in the timeline here, but about a month or two ago, you guys decided to start using Wagyu beef from Snake River Farms. Can you just, for the people, describe what makes Wagyu beef so different and what went into that decision to to start serving that cut? So, so 
Um, Snake River Farms has been a partner of mine since, I mean, I've been using it since 2012, started using them in competition in 13. I've never changed. I mean, we've had them since day one. And mm-hmm. um, in, uh, I think, I believe it was 17, Snake River Farms actually took me out to their facilities. We toured it. I was with the owner, the CEO. Um, and, and it was that at that point I said, if I, you know, I ever open a restaurant, I want to partner up with these guys. Cause I mean, what they do and the level of care they take from the start of that cow or cattle's life and all the way to the finishing point, the 500 days of uh, feeding, taking it through the plant, watching them process it and how clean and how nice and watching the CEO know everybody in that plant. I just knew that that was the product I wanted, um, to the product. It, I mean, it's far spirits. I mean, it's a high fat content. It just, um, it's a different, it's a different fat. It has more flavor. Um, it holds up to um, cooking um, much better. You can you can crank the heat to it. It has so much marbling that uh, it just renders out, and it just leaves you with that buttery, flavorful bite. Oh my gosh! And it's it's wagyu is the way to go. I mean, I know a lot of true Nebraskan ranchers might come. <laughs> looking for me now, but I, I, Wagyu cattle, I think it's, it's far superior and their feeding program is, you know, like I said, it's 500 days. Um, they, they, they care for those animals and Snake River Farms has been the best transition since uh, I opened Porky Butts, I think. Oh yeah. And I, I, I'm totally with you on the Wagyu thing. Like that, that was a thing for me probably until about a year ago, I would see that on menus and they'd like, you know, the restaurant would be like pumping up its beef as Wagyu beef. And I would kind of roll my eyes and be like, okay, it's not that much different. But then I started having it more, and I was like, this is so much better. Yeah, it <laughs> so is. So it's to the point now where I have, I'm seeking it out, and if I'm looking at a menu and I see something features Wagyu beef, that, like, shoots up to the top of what I want to order because it's so good. Now, I'm I'm assuming that it, on your end, is a little bit more expensive to bring in, correct? Yeah, correct. It's a little bit more, but you, you pay what, for what you get. Yeah. Um, I, we're lucky enough that I'm contracting – you know, large quantities of it. So mm-hmm. they, they've actually given me a pretty good break. And then I do a lot of events for them. So um, we have relationships. So it's it's been a good partnership. Well, I just wanted to point that out because so many chefs that I've had on here that I talk to, you know, talk about like, yeah, sometimes it's it's more expensive to use the really good products, to use the, you know, fresh local products to, to get the highest cut of beef or whatever. But I think it's so special that you guys use that for all your brisket. Because you see other restaurants that will run that as a special or something. You guys are doing it every day. And I think that's fantastic. And it just speaks to the quality that you're willing to put into every tray of food that you serve. And it's so cool. And that's what we're trying to do. I mean, our, our pork is uh, it's all fresh. It's all premium. It's all like our ribs are three and a half and down um, ribs, which are never frozen. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to buy the highest quality ingredients because, I mean, what you start with is going to dictate what you finish you in with Mm -hmm. i want to talk about the menu a little bit here obviously you're somebody who for years and years has been doing pork you've been doing ribs you've been doing brisket you know you've been doing that kind of stuff but the menu i feel like it it kind of gave you a chance to spread your wings a little bit you've got a barbecue poutine on there you've got barbecue boudin balls if i'm even pronouncing that right you've got a couple different sandwiches how fun was that for you to get to experiment and go outside the box a little bit yeah no i mean there was a lot of i mean the original original menu but it was just we, it was even more complicated uh-huh. we had a couple other items on there that were even more sh- chefy as my brother always calls them <laughs> um yeah no it's been fun I, then the boudin was just something that i grew up i mean i grew up in south texas so we had a lot of boudin uh-huh. and, and and i just one day i woke up and i said why can't we fry uh 
right? Why can't we put smoked pork in a boudin bowl and fry it up and serve it at Porky Buds? So it was uh, one of those things that I wanted to add. And then we're just slowly been adding more and more. We're, I've got a couple items that I'm toying with. I mean, we got a, we might be releasing a, a porky version of a Cuban coming up here pretty soon, Ooh. but it's a Ooh, <laughs> Omaha that yeah. dude, put that on your calendar. Yeah. So we got some, uh, we got some fun sandwiches that are going to be more chefy that, uh, that we might take a couple different, you know, maybe some Mexican influence and some Cuban influence and then porky influence. Oh so it'll be, man. It'll be fun. You're speaking my language right now. Okay. I, something that bothers me so much that I need a barbecue restaurateur to lay the hammer down on right now is when I recommend barbecue restaurants, I will have people like I'll, I'll tweet about it or something. And most of the tweets are very positive. And then someone will tweet back at me and be like, well, I went in at eight o'clock and tried to order brisket and they were out. And I'm like, listen, it takes, you know, X amount of hours to cook a brisket. You can't just go to the freezer, grab another burger patty and slap that on the griddle for five minutes. It doesn't work like that with barbecue. Can you explain to people why all the meats they want are not going to always be available at the exact moment that they want it? Yeah, no, uh, this is the one we struggle with the most, probably on uh, social media. I can't media. even imagine. And, and I always, I mean, I always have a response, and then my wife talks me out of it. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it, what it is 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 basically we're making everything fresh daily. Yeah. So I mean, and a brisket takes anywhere from twelve to fourteen hours to cook. Mm-hmm. So, and I only have X amount of space on the smoker because we're 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 confined to only so much room. So we put as the max amount we can put on there, and we cook it for fourteen hours, and then it comes off and rests. And if we have a high volume day, I mean, just we just can't keep up with demand, and mm-hmm. we run out. I mean, it's not something I don't ever want to tell anybody. I don't have something mm-hmm. that they drove to my restaurant to try, and they've heard so much about because it, it's the worst feeling in the world. You just feel like you let them down, but um, it's just it's it's part of the business. I mean, it, it it's tough, and like you said, it's not a you know steak restaurant where you can just throw another ribeye on continuously for, in, you know, hour after hour. But we just we have a limited amount of space and limited amount of. Uh, production so it, it it it's hard to do but we have to tell people that we're sold out daily yeah and i think most great barbecue restaurants go through that i mean yeah. you look at the places in some of the top places in texas they're selling out by noon every yeah, day I, like, I, i've stood in line at franklin's many a time right and, and and i can tell you right now they sell out before they even open a lot of times because they walk down the line and they ask you how much you're going to buy and they usually there's a point saying sorry we're we're, we're out for the day because mm-hmm. they only have x amount of briskets to sell and it and it's unfortunate. I mean, it, it you want everyone to eat your food, and obviously, I want the sales. But it just it's part of barbecue, and uh, and you know we could add twenty smokers, but that one day we're not busy, and I have fifteen briskets left over. <laughs> we ain't gonna be open very long. Yeah. Now, is there? Would you recommend anything for for fans or people who are wanting to come into Porky Butts? Can they can they call ahead and place an order? Um, can they call ahead and check on availability of things, or is that something that you guys? maybe aren't huge fans of. No, absolutely. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're trying to do a better job of, uh, up, updating people, um, um, on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we, uh, we're doing that and then you can absolutely call in anytime. Um, we typically stop, uh, phone in orders for to go on Friday and Saturday nights. You can't have anything picked up after two o'clock because mm-hmm. we want to give fair opportunity for everybody that, that comes in the restaurant. Um, but yeah, you can call in any time and ask what's available and we can kind of give you an update on how many pounds we're not, we're very open about everything at the restaurant. You want to, I mean, I've taken people in and shown them the kitchen. I mean, I walked them around <laughs> I, and my manager, she, she always is worried about liability, but I, I, I'm, I'm an open book and then I like to talk barbecue and anybody that wants to talk to me about barbecue, 
they can ask for me and I can I'll tell them how much meat I got on the smoker, how much we have left, whatever they they want to know. I'm I'm here. Yeah. Now we we've talked a lot about your background. We've talked about some some frustration, some of the hurdles about opening a new restaurant, but what's been been maybe like the most fun thing about the process of opening Porky Butts for you? Um, I think the most exciting thing is just watching my family work at the restaurant and how much they enjoy it. That's, that's been fun. And just meeting all the new people in Omaha that I, you, you knew there were people out there that liked barbecue, mm-hmm. but to meet the people and there's just, we have a bunch of, we got about 20 regulars that come in. I mean, we have a gentleman that came in the first 12 days we were open and he's still to this <laughs> wow. day, he's posting every day, comes in all the time and just meeting those people and talking to them and, and talking barbecue and, and, and just, you know, producing something and then they, them showing you so much love for it is uh it's been fun that's what i love that's what i love right there just getting barbecue and, and sharing it um blaine thank you so much for coming on today this has been a real pleasure um folks if you haven't checked out porky butts i mean if this conversation hasn't convinced you i i, I don't know what to tell you you just you need to reevaluate reevaluate your eating priorities i guess but anyway thank you so much blaine well thank you sir i was uh it's been fun let's do it again all right let's do it um, people, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I really appreciate it. Um, please rate the show, like the show, subscribe to the show. Um, let me know if there's something that's that's not working that you want to hear more of. And and yeah, until next time. Thanks for eating with me. A Parkville Media Production.